podcast, a series of episodes where we talk about certification, what it is, who does it, and get into the details on certification best practices. Today on the show, we're going to talk about accreditation and how it relates to certification. Stay tuned. Episode 3. I've lasted this long, which is great. I'm hoping this will continue and I don't get bored with it or it just ends for some reason. But before I started this series, I put together a list of topics I wanted to cover and it got up to 34. And while I was making this episode, I came up with three more. So I hopefully have at least 37 episodes of material here, although I can probably come up with a lot more along the way. So anyway, I'm excited to have you here. And if you haven't listened to episode 2, I would highly recommend it. That's really where our starting point is and provides a good foundation of what we're going to talk about today. But we'll do a quick recap and then start weaving into accreditation, which is today's topic. So in the last episode, we talked about certification and how there are three different types of certification. There's first party certification, where you certify yourself or your organization certifies itself. There's second party certification, and this is where a trade group or association you are a part of says you meet a certain standard. And then there's third-party certification. And this is where an independent organization attests to your compliance to a certain standard. So those are your three options, first, second, or third. So I want you to pause the podcast and take a minute and think about the potential pros and cons of each option. Okay, ready? Pause. Okay, you're back now. Good, hopefully you have your pros and cons. Here's a list I came up with for each one. So let's start with first party certification. So this is the one where you do it yourself. The pros really are that this is inexpensive. You don't have to pay anyone. You just say you meet something. The second one is for the uninformed consumer, you can generally fool them into thinking you meet a certain standard. So some company can say, I meet standard X on their packaging. And so as a consumer, if this is important to you for whatever reason, then that may inform your buying decision. For the most part in the US, you can't make false or misleading claims. So most consumers would assume you do in fact meet that claim, but in order to really get caught, someone would have to investigate the claim and likely bring a lawsuit unless it violates some obvious government regulation on packaging. So the cons are you're doing it yourself. There is no verification of anything you're saying. You're relying on your reputation to get you there. I looked up who were the most reputable companies in the world and Lego was consistently at the top of most lists. So if Lego came out and said they are compliant with a standard that says there cannot be any lead in their products, I would bet most people would believe them because they have a strong reputation. If instead an insurance company came out and said they are compliant with leading insurance practices to not cheat customers, I think most would not buy that argument because it's based on reputation. So let's move to the second one, second party certification, and this is where a trade group or association does the certifying. So for the pros, the first one is this is somewhat independent where a group is saying that you are doing something. The second one is if you have to pay something, theoretically the money is going to a trade group, which should help you in some other ways. Trade associations exist to help their members. So the money sort of stays home. 
almost like you're investing your money in your own industry. So for companies that are heavily involved in industry issues, it can make sense to certify with trade associations because that money goes to help the association eventually in a roundabout way. The con can be that this is not really independent. Uh, this is like the Chamber of Commerce coming out and certifying businesses. And they don't do that as far as I know, but something along those lines. It just reeks of under-the-table dealing. And you may have had a similar reaction when you heard about this option. The third option is third-party certification, and this is where an independent group certifies you. So the pros, by definition, this is independent. It is an independent certification. It's the most independent you can get. And by extension, it's also the least likely, although it is still possible, to have any underhanded dealings. So it can be seen as the most trustworthy. The cons are it's likely going to be the most expensive. You are paying a completely separate organization to do your certification. And the second one is really a con for all options, but it's probably the largest con on the option where you spend the most money. There is no guarantee that certification is actually going to do anything for you. So even if you spend all this money, it may not actually help. So once you get through that list, and you may have more of your own, there's a lot of talk about independence, right? First and second party are not independent, while third party is. And that's the main differentiator. And that plays a huge role in certification, independence. It's widely perceived that independent certification is the best way to achieve certification because it provides the most checks and balances possible. But perhaps a natural question is, what prevents certification bodies from being bullied, bought, or otherwise influenced to grant favorable certifications to people they like, large customers, uh, if they've been bought out by other shadow companies, etc.? Well, that's really where we get into accreditation. So just like companies and peoples are certified, certification bodies are accredited in a similar manner. So accreditation is what certification bodies go through to prove they meet a certain set of standards. So accreditation is third-party certification for certification bodies. Now, I should take a quick sidetrack here and point out there is a terminology issue here that I'm using that is not consistent in all industries. I am saying companies and people get certified and certification bodies get accredited. However, in some industries, companies and people can be accredited. So they use the term accreditation as I'm using the term certification. This is especially common in education, where universities may be accredited universities, and in fact, almost all the U.S. ones are accredited using their industry standards and practices. This means the same thing in this context as certification. So for the purposes of this podcast, accreditation is only something that certification bodies can achieve, while certification is what is granted to the users. So how does a certification body get accredited? Well, it's a similar process to what companies go through to get certified. There are published standards that CBs use to get accreditation, and there are bodies that perform accreditation. Some common ones I'm familiar with are American National Standards Institute, or ANSI, the Standards Council of Canada, or SCC, or Joint Accreditation System of Australia and New Zealand, or JASANS, it's quite a mouthful, and there are many others. These organizations are independent, and they accredit certification bodies. So what are these organizations actually doing? Well, they use 
standards, just like certification bodies do, in order to evaluate the certification bodies and determine if they are meeting established criteria. So we'll get into that criteria in later episodes, but for the purposes of this episode, it's simply sufficient to say certification bodies have standards that they have to meet in order to offer certifications. That's a really important feature of third-party certification. It's that check and balance system that accreditation provides that allows certification bodies to say that they have the independence to go out and offer certifications themselves. It's also important to note that accreditation bodies audit each other and there is recognition of legitimate accreditation bodies through still further organizations such as the International Accreditation Forum or IAF or the International Laboratory Accreditation Cooperation or ILAC which is mainly for laboratories and then there are many others. This helps further the independence argument that third-party certification and accreditation have. It's a giant cycle. It's everybody auditing everybody else. So it's really important if you are looking for a certification body that you find someone that is accredited to something and that they have to be accredited to the standards that are applicable to your industry. There's a lot of standards out there that certification bodies could be accredited to, so you want to make sure that they are accredited to the correct standard. So to get accreditation, typically a certification body needs to be audited annually by their accreditation body and prove that they continue to meet these standards. If they don't, they get dropped from the accreditation. So these audits that CBs go through can and should be fairly rigorous. I've been accredited by three different organizations in my career and the audits have varied by having a group of five auditors in for an average of three days each annually with one accreditation body to having just one auditor in for two days with a different accreditation body. So 15 days in total versus two days in total for the other one. It's different styles and what the accreditation is that determines those audit lengths and the robustness of the audit. So because of the differences, it's hard to nail down costs, and I'm certainly going to try to nail down costs as much as I can in this podcast, but accreditation can easily cost $50,000 annually, but that largely depends on the size of the certification body and scope. And large CBEs, global CBEs, could easily be 10 times that or even more. So accreditation helps lend legitimacy to a certification body in the same way that certification lends legitimacy to a company by granting certification. It's almost for the exact same reasons. So when you're evaluating CBEs, look at their accreditations. Make sure they are up to date and make sure they apply to your industry. If you're in a CB, keep your accreditations current. And that brings us to the end of this episode where we talked about accreditation and how it affects certification bodies. Thanks for listening to the Certification 101 podcast. I've been your host, Tom Spodon, and I'm looking forward to talking with you in the future. Stay tuned for our next episode where we're going to talk about the building blocks of certification, which are the ISO standards. Looking forward to talking with you then. Take care.